0: Good morning. It is six minutes past ten. Joining us now, our good friend, Mr. Al Bat. Hey, Al.
1: Hey, how are you?
0: I'm doing pretty good. This, this weather is pretty nice. It's not humid. It's sunshine, and it's just a beautiful fall day.
1: And it's, um, we are creepy clown free here in heartland <laughs>
0: thank so, goodness <laughs> uh,
1: yeah we're pretty happy about that so it's a it's a it is a lovely day i i love fall i i was thinking about it the other day i'm outside i'm doing some chores i'm eating a honey crisp oh, and the oh. honey crisp is minnesota state apple and i was appointed to that office way back in 2006 and for years i used to get things from the university of minnesota saying that honey crisp was a cross between a maccoon and a honey gold. But now they did DNA testing and they found that it's actually a cross between a keepsake and an unknown apple, but I guess no matter, still tastes great. But I peeked into our shed out here and it showed that house sparrows were living happily ever after. And they chirped cheerfully because house sparrows always sound so happy. And I've not seen a dark-eyed junco in my yard as of yet. I know some are being seen around the country. But growing up, I heard that a snowbird's appearance, a junco's appearance, indicated four to six weeks to the first trackable snow. And that's depending upon the teller. And in 2013, my wife has kept track. It snowed 28 days after a junco arrived here. In 2014, it was 31 days. And last year, it was 44 days. And I'm watching the corn being harvested. When I go down and get the mail, big, gigantic trucks are going by hauling it. Uh, Ear of corn is so cool. We'll typically have an even number of rows, and I think most of the varieties now are probably 14 to 18 rows. A bushel of corn will weigh about 56 pounds and contain approximately 90,000 kernels. Now, I think some of the kernels are getting bigger, so that number is probably declined since I, I learned all this stuff way back when. I want to know who but, counts
0: this, because counting 90,000 kernels would take a really long time. Well, it's, it's, Do they
1: have like a a is
0: it like a coin it, counter where you throw it in, you know, like the pennies and it counts them, perhaps?
1: A um, beautiful uh, Farmer State Bank downtown Heartland, brand new coin counter. So <laughs> okay. it, it's a nifty thing. You can just dump everything in there, and poof, it just—it's amazing. So we can clean out underneath those sofa cushions, <laughs> and it's—it's it's a wonderful thing. Life is good. Folks, you probably know this too. There's a robust population of those minute pirate bugs and more commonly called noceums oh, they're, they're nearly <laughs> invisible insects, and they bite with a punch that's far above their weight class. but even then, I love fall, and it usually leaves me feeling cheated as i I want more it, The fall just leaves too early. If somebody's looking for a project, and who isn't, for kids or grandkids, a friend told me that, uh, that like the great pumpkin rises, a friend has made a bird feeder out of a pumpkin. He cut a small pumpkin in half, and then he scooped out all the soft insides, and it looked like he left a shell maybe a half inch thick. And he provided purchase by making small holes in the shell of the gourd, a hole on each side, and then inserting a dowel through them. And he hung the pumpkin via a wire attached to the doll and he put some peanut butter on a pine cone inside the pumpkin to make it more enticing. So it's kinda cool and you could actually have a a face on there, I suppose, as long as you didn't cut all the way through the shell. That must be a
0: temporary more. type of... I was gonna say that must be temporary because pumpkins will basically rot and dry up. Is so is it just they a temporary sure will, okay. Be
1: a very temporary one. Okay, just checking. Pretty cool for A few days, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rick Mammel said, uh, Rick is from Albert Lee, saw a young cedar waxwing. Paul Herzl, Paul lives down in Mason City, teaches at Nyack. He said he went to McIntosh Woods uh, to look for a black-throated blue warbler that had been seen there, but he did not see it. He did see a golden crown kinglet, um, red... uh, Ruby crown, kinglet, hermit thrushes, orange crown, Nashville, and yellow rump warblers. At Clear Lake, he saw horn grebes, Caspian Tern. He said around 20,000 Franklin's gulls. At a Macintosh wetland, there were Lacant, sparrows, Ventura, a flooded field. He saw long billed dowagers, golden plovers, Wilson snipes, American Pipits. at four city settling ponds, black-bellied plovers, Dunlin, Wilson Snipe. And at Eagle Flats, he saw Northern Harriers, Greater Yellow Legs, Eagle. at Eagle Lake, he had an eared green, black-crowned night heron, and a merlin. Annie uh, Madsen sent me a photo, and it was um, taken with a, a cell phone at a considerable distance, and said, what is this? And uh, I wish I could show you all the photo. Uh, if I had to guess, and I do, I think it's a yellow-headed blackbird. Uh, it had some weird white on the body where it normally wouldn't have that, so perhaps it's leukism or a trick of the light that explains that odd coloration. Annie also said we cleaned out our flicker and wood duck boxes. Uh, the flicker box eggs were all hatched. We had counted 13 wood duck eggs in in the spring. But in another wood duck house, we had some cracked eggs and one whole egg. In the third house, we had these eggs, very sad, and she sent a photo. And there were eggs that had tiny holes in them. And she said, Anything, any idea about what happened and how to prevent it from happening next year? Well, the wood duck eggs were likely damaged by starlings or woodpeckers uh, during turf wars. They battle over a, a nesting site and, boy, it's just real difficult to prevent. Uh Bonnie Williamson of Glenville said so many pelicans. Are they migrating? They yeah, they certainly could be. Uh pelicans migrate from late August to mid November here, so but they can move around, they become quite nomadic. Uh Joan Anderson said she had forty cedar wax wings feeding on berries in the trees and was wondering how she could tell the young ones. Uh Joanie they have modeled uh, uh, Rita Garanson down in Mason City, said she's seen golden plovers, stilts, long-billed dowagers, uh, 40,000 gulls at Clear Lake, mostly franklins and ringbill. there was one herring gull. She saw a pileated woodpecker hermit thrushes, uh, six pippets, still seeing seven warbler species including a black-throated blue three black-throated green and an ovenbird saw six sparrow species and a ribbon of red-winged blackbirds some early brewer's blackbirds Harvey Benson of Harmony said uh, he asked he has mole tunnels in his yard and now something's digging into those mole tunnels and he wonders what in the world would be doing that and Harvey I've seen digging around mole tunnels in in our case anyway it was a work of skunks and raccoons and I don't know that they were looking for the mole they were looking for probably grubs and earthworms uh, moles are there for the same reason so probably where they are there's going to be grubs and moles if we think m for meat they feed on grub worms and earthworms, uh, so we shouldn't confuse them with voles, which is V for vegetarian, that eat plant material. But now predators after the moles. Not all predators are able to dig, but foxes, raccoons, skunks, coyotes, weasels, badgers, cats, dogs, hawks, and owls will get after mole. I'd think it would take a lot of gravy to make a mole edible, but that's just me. <laughs> Yuck. Uh, Grace Shrunk said that she's amazed at hummingbirds' memory. Uh, she said she put out a feeder several years ago, and the hummingbirds return year after year to feed at it. She said if she doesn't have uh, any nectar in it, they just circle around till she comes out. And she asked about their ability to recollect. Well, you know, we all hear about the elephant. The elephant's the animal portrayed they have a prodigious memory and it never forgets, they tell us. Well, it would take many hummingbirds to make one elephant, but a combination of field and lab research has found that hummingbirds remember, it's a long list of things they remember. They remember the nectar quality and content of individual flowers, the nectar refilling rates of flowers, the location of every flower in its territory, and where the feeders are, both in territory And on migration routes.
0: They remember more than I do.
1: (laughs) Oh, than any of us. The hippocampus of a hummingbird, and that's the area of the brain responsible for learning and memory, is as much as five times larger than those in songbirds, seabirds, and woodpeckers that don't have to remember all those things. Uh, Cindy Drill in North Mankato said, So I have a monarch chrysalis on a spider plant in my patio screen room. I had a late caterpillar in the garden, and I moved it to a collection of house plants when I began to move in search of a resting place. I knew I was going to begin fall clean up in the flower bed, and was concerned I would accidentally destroy it if I was unaware where it ended up. It is going to transform sometime next week, according to the information I have read given a two-week window. I have read a 10-day forecast, and except for a hard frost predicted Wednesday, it looks like the weather will be somewhat mild. I plan on releasing it, but worry the frost may have destroyed food sources before it migrates. Any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I guess just uh, let her go, Cindy. Uh, one tagged monarch, and this is probably a record, was recaptured 265 miles away from where it had been released the previous day. So a uh, long flight to Mexico. Most of them get there in early November. And if you really want to be nice to the monarch, you know, book it, uh, a seat with Delta <laughs> and fly it down there. It, it, maybe you've heard about this. Uh, Barb Jensen, who lives in Allendale, said she has bats in her attic, and she likes them okay, but she wishes they would go somewhere else. So she called some uh, bat experts but he told her to spray peppermint, peppermint spray, to keep the bats away. So she's going to try that. I've heard peppermint works on so many different things. Whether it does or not, I'm not sure, but she's going to try that and let me know how that works. But this time of year, the bats could could have already left. They might have moved somewhere else, so then we'll spray peppermint and say, wow, that worked.
0: Or, wow, my place smells really great.
1: <laughs> yeah, that'd be the nice part. At least it probably smells better than bat guano. Right. Um, Talked to T.J. Davis this morning. He lives just, just across the border in North County, Iowa. And he said, why did the woolly worm cross the road? And also, what do they become? You know, woolly worms are just looking for a place to hunker down for the winter. So they just head off just in one direction, road gets in their way, they cross the road, and they can tell a, a fine place where they go, their bodies pretty much freeze over the winter, and then they thaw out in the spring, and they eat um, things like dandelion greens or leaves, whatever's available at that time, and then they pupate, and then they become a Isabella tiger moth, and the Isabella tiger moths live for two weeks, they have no body parts, they're just inappropriate re- reproducing, so uh, it's uh, it's an interesting thing. They don't. If you saw an Isabella tiger moth, there's no way you'd say that came from a woolly bear. So, but uh, T.J. said he also saw a barred owl hunting, and uh, this is from Liz. Said I see little insects in my bathroom that look to be a cross between a moth and a stealth bomber. <laughs> what are they? Uh, Those are drain flies, Liz. They're also called moth flies or bathroom flies. They just appear suddenly and mysteriously around showers, bathtubs, sinks, floor drains, uh, particularly in basement. And they're really little, maybe, I don't know, fifth. It can't be a quarter of an inch. A fifth or a sixth of an inch, maybe. Uh, They're little dark insects. They have long antennas, uh, fuzzy body and wings and they hold their wings out to the side which gives them a moth-like appearance hence the name moth fly and they're really weak flyers they make irregular hesitant and short flights so they're they're pretty cool things to see i
0: But where do they know, come from are they hatching from our drains or or what suddenly makes them appear is c- what i want to know
1: They sure could be or they could be hatching from somewhere else and they uh I don't know if it's uh, smells or how they can find those, but it's the same with fruit flies. If you put out apples or tomatoes or something on a kitchen counter, it, they just magically appear, well, so what, whether they come in. With
0: I want to know, if, if is there like little larvae or eggs in the fruit, actually? Is that how all of a sudden they get there? Is it somewhere else in your house? Because it seems like, you know, when we had the pears, a whole bunch of pears, all of a sudden there's all these fruit flies everywhere. And so I thought, well, is there little grubs or larvae in the pears where they hatch and come out, or are they somewhere else in the house and then they find it? Or, or what?
1: I think uh, I think both of those are true. You yeah. know, they're so small that they can get into anywhere. So I, I think they can just find stuff. Uh, there certainly would be a case where there could be things that uh, we're bringing in. Almost certainly, when we bring in stuff, they're just so small, and uh, you know, they're protein too
0: well the the one I'm finding a lot of in the house is they're they're real, they look like little red kind of dots, not really red more of a rusty brown kind of a dot, almost like a tiny baby weeny weeny beetle and I find them yeah. all over the walls and i find i mean where are those things coming from and what are they? they they i mean they just are annoying just to have in your house to know they're there, but in the basement they are, no sounds, yeah what are they and how it I, sounds
1: like a fruit fly and you wait know, a minute no not it's only,
0: it's hard it's like a beetle though it's not they don't
1: Oh, it's like a beetle. It's like
0: a teeny-weeny beetle, yeah, and they're, you know, almost like a a small um, ladybug, but they're so small it's like a pin, top of a pin, and then they're kind of a brownish, rusty, rusty rusty-brownish look.
1: They sound like some of those little flower beetles we always called them. I ate a salted nut roll once that was covered with them nobody was kind enough to tell me until I'd eaten about half of it, and they didn't.
0: Where, yeah, now I just googled it, and they do kind of look like that. How do you um? Although are they are those real small? Because I'm looking at the picture, they look
1: they big. are real small. Yeah, at and, least the ones that are on salted nut rolls are. And <laughs> I think they were pretty tasty too.
0: How do you get rid of them, and where are they all coming from?
1: I think you just have to uh, hide all the food, and uh, you know, put a. Tupperware, everything in a Tupperware and that kind of thing, because those little fruit flies, you know, and as you say, when we bring in tomatoes and apples and pears from the garden, it, we're going to we're gonna find some of them in there and they're going to appear, but we also can get them from bananas and potatoes and onions and things that we bring from the grocery store. Oh. And, you know, the grocery stores do a great job of keeping everything clean, but these guys, <clears throat> they're so little. I raised them in school. I bet a lot of people did. We had to do those studies and genetics and things. They're just everywhere. So our classroom just became one large fruit fly. They were just everywhere. And they can get in everything. And I would guess uh, they would also uh, breed in oh, garbage disposals, uh, trash containers. Uh, somebody told me once that one of the great places to find all these little critters are in mops and cleaning racks. So Oh really? We clean and we just yeah. get more of them I guess. Oh so
0: because I've been seeing them and, and yeah they they it just they just bother me thinking I might be eating little larvae or eggs or something on my food. It just <laughs> grosses me out.
1: It's a lot of protein in there though. You oh well there you, I go. there we go. You don't go. eat meat so you need this is protein <laughs> so for I'm you. Here, so. Oh
0: well, it doesn't make me feel really hungry or anything, that's for sure. No,
1: no. But, boy, they're just everywhere this time of year. Every kind of little insect comes in there, and it's, um, I guess, you. what are you going to do? You can't, uh, you can't keep them out and
0: so you just live with them and just say oh look at i got my extra protein today Mm." that's
1: right at least they don't bite like those little minute pirate bugs that are just oh man they bite so bad and hurt so much so i'm just happy but the the flower beetles uh where did they tell me i went to a class years and years ago and i think it was cereals were a great place for them
0: yes I just read that cereals which I love absolutely love cereals and, and it, yeah
1: <laughs> and they, the guy said you know you should put all your cereals in like Tupperware,
0: you know, or Tupperware something, or something seals yeah. who's
1: going to do that you know what do most of us do we just keep it in the box
0: and then you just <laughs> yeah you don't even seal it you just kind of push the, the paper or the plastic or whatever it is down and you eat it again and probably get more and more little beetles
1: <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, I, I haven't heard any huge epidemic caused by eating all these little guys, so I,
0: Nobody's I, I, died from them, in other
1: words. No, no. So And like I say, I ate that salted nut roll, and it was one of the better salted nut rolls, and I <laughs> ate it at Arlo and Moon's, who is no no longer in business, they, not because of salted nut rolls with beetles on it, but I'm just eating it, and all these guys are watching me eat it, you know, and that's so, not normal, they, and... One of them finally smiles, and he said, "You know, there's little things all over that." And I thought, "Yeah, oh. they're peanuts." And he said, "No, they're crawling."
0: And oh my gosh! So they just let you do it? That's really nasty.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's the guy code. That's the way we oh. do things. We don't we don't butt in, you know, unless we really have to. And then uh, <laughs> okay. one guy felt guilty. Apparently, either uh, probably a Lutheran, maybe a Catholic guy, <laughs> and just he couldn't take it anymore. You got a uh, call, somebody asking something about
0: uh, oak trees. Well, I got actually, a, it's a text, and it seems like something that Barb and I would probably want to talk about also on Friday, because we do the Master Gardener segment from 9.35 to 10. But Ken in Medford wants to know if it's okay to trim oak trees now. And, and of course, my Master Gardener self uh, came out, In and in, you know, I said, well, I, and you're a Master Gardener, too, right, Al? So.
1: I am really a bad one, but yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> because I was going to say... And I love Medford, Ken, so thanks for listening. I,
0: you know, the, the the key and the, the concern is about uh, pruning oak trees is the spread of oak wilt. And, and so yeah. that's when you want to really avoid it. So they say, you know, the the highest risk is... Uh, in the sap beetles because they carry the deadly oak wilt fungus and they are attracted to the fresh wounds on the oak trees so the University of Minnesota Forestry Department says that the oak wilt risk levels for pruning are highest in April through June which you're past that it's a low risk in July through October and there's no risk so I would wait a little bit in November through March so for pruning your oaks I would wait till November through March when there's no risk because they're not going to be out and about to get in those wounds. So you can uh,
1: Exactly right. And I'd always heard April through October. Just don't do it right. in those months. So and
0: just hang on, just wait a little yep. longer till it gets cold and, and gets those little buggers out of the air. So 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 yeah, we'll we'll probably talk about that again on uh Friday in our gardening segment. But but good question because you know it, it's the kind of thing where you go, I wanna get everything done before winter if I can because it's not really a lot of fun in the winter to be out there when it's 30 below but sometimes that's what you got to do
1: and it's a um the best thing is you you do this to oak you you prune oak trees when the weather's miserable so if you have to bundle up probably good and go out there to do it that's a good day to be doing it and these little sap beetles across all the problems are um uh, people have all different kinds of names for them, but they're, they're little black beetles, and everybody will see them in the garbage cans, and they'll be everywhere. So how big little.
0: are those sap beetles? Because I'm just wondering if I've seen them probably in the yard.
1: They're really small. I, I don't know. They're compared to fruit flies and things, they're huge, but they uh, they actually bite a little bit like uh, many of the beetles that we have around. But they'll be black, and some of them will have uh, all kind of reddish or yellowish dots on them or spots on them. And I would guess, again, I'm holding my fingers apart here, maybe up to a quarter of an inch long, and they're kind of oval in shape. And some of them are all black. But you'll see them around. They seem to love, uh, if you go to, like, uh, baseball games or something, where they you come out and they'll have uh, garbage cans filled with uh, beer cans or beer bottles or something. And these guys just seem to really go for that, you'll to see them covering those things. So maybe it's and the sweetness
0: uh, of the, the um, liquid that drains out or something, perhaps? Yep. Okay. And we called
1: them picnic beetles, usually growing up, because ah. they came to all our picnics. And they were just... Uh, Little guys, and I also get them in my tomato plants sometimes. If a robin will come and pick a couple holes in a in a tomato that's ripening, these little guys will get in there.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I got a a big uh, wasp sting this past week. I was I was raking up all the pears that had fallen and rotted on the ground, and course the the wasps love that sweetness that's in there so i was under the trees and i think one one fell from a branch and and went down my coat so it was trapped under my my collar and all of a sudden i felt this just this horrible stinging pain and opened my jacket up and there he he flew away now did they i can't remember do they die after they they sting you or they don't they can re-sting because i think he got me a couple times but it got this giant welt on my neck now and and I don't know how long does it take before those those go go away those big spots.
1: Uh, It depends so much on the person, Karen. For me, I'm lucky I get stung by yellow jackets and it goes away right away.
0: Oh, lucky. When I first
1: do it, you go, yikes, because it's got that kind of electric shock to it. Right. And then you think, boy, and then all of a sudden I can't even remember exactly where it is. But I know other people will have allergic reactions, and every individual is is so different on these guys. I guess the good thing, you can say, well, as soon as the weather gets really nasty and we have that killer frost, that will do her in, and she won't be stinging anybody (laughs) else. There we go. You, you, in this one, you win, so.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it, we're at the end of the hour here. It's uh, 1031, so just curious what's going on over in Heartland at the cafe there.
1: Oh, the, and again, there'll be no creepy clowns there, so you'll be all right there. Uh, where the food chain is missing a few links at the cafe, the special is always a Heimlich Maneuver and Gravy is considered a beverage and now featuring authentic leftovers with less hair in the food and real cup holders where, the, where grease is good and none of the food smells like feet. session that the season has changed to fall and I know I don't need to tell anybody that it's like telling Walmart that Christmas is coming (laughs) we can tell it's autumn it looks like fall it smells like fall Minnesota and Iowa are still being renovated, road work is in a state of frenzy, yard signs expressing support for candidates pop up everywhere, and I still figure those signs take as many votes away as they garner. I recycled some phone books the other day, and it used to be a feat for a strong man to tear a telephone book in half, and now it wouldn't be a challenge to most second graders. I had a wonderful thing happen. My wife told me this, that a high school English teacher of mine wrote my wife that she was a big fan of my writing. Uh, That meant uh, a lot to me, because I'm a big fan of my former teachers. Uh, folks, get out there. There's church soup and pie suppers are proliferating, making it possible for desperate diners to obtain their minimum annual adult requirement of sour cream and raisin pie. Remember, folks, Heartland is we're well driving past. Get, do something wild today. Get out there and look at a bird. Karen, thank you, as always, for your company. Uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks, Ken, from Medford. Thanks, everybody, for uh, letting us know you're out there. We appreciate you.
0: All right. Thank you, Al. You have a great day. Bye-bye.
1: I'm having
0: one. All right. See ya.